What's up, you guys? Sauce Lab Podcast is back, baby, and I have got a banger for you guys today. I'm so excited to get right into it, to talk about, obviously, what's just been happening in the NFL, and to give you a huge story that I've been working really hard on, something that I've been thinking for a while, and I'm ready to just hop right into it. So I'm going to start it off like I do every single week during the NFL season with my weekly roundup, give you my week five thoughts and takes, give you some of my predictions for week six, and then I'm going to get into my big story, which is the great QB swap of 2022. It is a big story that I've been working on, just reasonings behind it, reasonings for why QBs will move and switch, which ones will, where I think they'll go, all that stuff. So I'm going to start it off like I do, like I said, every single week with the weekly rundown from week five. Let's get right into it with the best game of the week that was by far, by far and away, the Chargers versus the Browns. Chargers coming out 47 to 42 in a complete shootout where I'd like to just affirm that these, I thought going into this week, I was like, this is going to be the battle between the third and fourth best team in the AFC. Whoever comes out on top, I'll probably put third. Whoever doesn't comes out on fourth. And the one and two would probably be the Chiefs and the Bills. But now I'm honestly thinking, I mean, I still think that the Bills reign supreme after what they did this week and dismantled the Chiefs. But I think that these teams could honestly argue to rival above the Chiefs and could be easily better than them just based on the skid that the Chiefs have been on and based on how lethal these offenses look. Chargers and Justin Herbert, this man is putting himself into the MVP conversation right now, looking unbelievable, so poised in the pocket, Mike Williams, one of the best deep threats, Keenan Allen, PPR master, Eckler, PPR master, Eckler, everything master, I... Eckler, like I said, going into the season, so, so talented, so good, and we're seeing it come to fruition. I think at this point, it is 100% fair to say that he ends as the number one fantasy running back in the entire NFL, just based on how the season's moving with Christian McCaffrey out, with Derrick Henry not offering much on the PPR side, things like that. I really think that Eckler will end as the running back one. I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both finished top 10. They're, both their tight ends, Parham and Cook, looked amazing. The... Chargers were clearly really clicking. And then on the Brown side, even though they did come out with an L, they looked amazing. I mean, their secondary didn't look too great letting up all those catches, but the run game was still so efficient. They utilized all their tight ends. They utilized all their wide receivers. Baker looked really solid. Kevin Stefanski's game plan looked really solid. And even though they did take the L, they're still looking like one of the most hard-to-beat teams in the AFC and in the NFL in general. So both teams put on an amazing show. I actually just, in the middle of the third quarter, I was like, okay, this game's basically over whatever it was already a two touchdown game so I went to go shave and when I came back the whole game was neck and neck and my roommate's like oh my god Justin Herbert's so insane so amazing and I was like oh my god I need to sit down and watch so I mean I rewatched the game it was really an unreal showing and just kudos to both of those teams because they are going to be some really hard teams to beat in the regular season and the postseason and for years and years to come for sure Offensive player of the week, I have to give it to Justin Herbert, who put up the game of his career, 
at so far and looks like this is establishing himself in the MVP conversation around 400 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, 30 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Five total touchdowns on 400 yards is not even like borderline elite stats. That is elite. That is best top five quarterback in the NFL type status of a game. Not saying that he's currently top five quarterback in the NFL, but that is the type of showing that we want to see out of somebody that is really establishing himself as one of those guys for the next so amount of years to come. The My defensive player of the week is Kevin Byard, who had a pick, who had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and had 10 total tackles, really doing it all for the Titans. On the defensive side, Trevor Lawrence actually looked pretty solid, I assume. Or, not I assume. I saw from what I saw out of him, just his poise in the pocket, but Kevin Byard definitely disrupted it. Derrick Henry, obviously, on the offensive side, is what helped the Titans get that W, but Kevin Byard really helped him out on the defensive side. Fantasy player of the week, I've actually got two. Both, like I said, fantasy players always, how they were projected to do and how they've been doing compared to what they did this week in fantasy football. And those guys, I'm going to go to Miles Gaskin, who didn't even do that well on the ground, but 10 receptions as a running back coming off of dud week after dud week after dud week. I think a lot of people even dropped him and then came out with a 30 bomb, really looked incredible. And then Kadarius Toney, the rookie for the New York Giants, even though everything's collapsing around him and he still obviously needs to mature a little bit in the fact that he punched somebody in the third quarter and was ejected, but he looked stellar. And I think that if you have the chance to trade for this guy, he looks really good. I'd say at this current moment, I'd go as far as to say, just based on that one performance, 10 receptions, 190 yards and a touchdown, I'd say he's two right behind Jamar Chase for total rookie wide receivers. Looking so, so good. And I really think that for the rest of the season, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. It depends on when Daniel Jones comes out of concussion protocol. I'm going to talk about that literally right after this. But depending on what happens, actually, no, I'll, I'll lead that into it. The biggest injury of the week, I'd go the entire Giants roster. It really looks like they are getting so banged up. They are this year's Niners to the extreme. Daniel Jones concussion and looked like he was wobbly. Uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley stepped on the leg of, I think it was like Anthony Brown or somebody. But either way, that thing swelled up like a dang balloon and does not look good, obviously. Kenny Galladay ruled out. They obviously, like I said earlier, had lost Blake Martinez. They lost so many pieces of their offensive line, and this is just a sign from the world telling them, you need to start the rebuild right now. I said it like one or two weeks ago, but they really do. This rebuild needs to come right now. They have really no way to go about this just because their big free agency acquisition, not going to be able to play for them. Their guy that they've been banking on coming back and being this lethal running back looks like he could definitely miss some time. And their guy that they're really trying to get a grip on, is he our franchise guy or not? And Daniel Jones is out for however long he's going to be out, really just further in the question, is he our guy or not? And in this current age, the NFL, I'm going to be talking about that all later when I get into my story, but is it okay to just let yourself wait and have all these other teams getting these elite quarterbacks while you work on a guy like Daniel Jones? Is that even worth it? Should you continue your time to just work on a guy like Daniel Jones who you don't even know? He's injury prone, has his pick problem, has his stuff, even though he puts up a lot of yards and sometimes has these unreal games, he also has the other way 
and the concussions doing nothing but furthering the question, which is just really not good. A team I'm starting to buy is the Buffalo Bills, really solidifying themselves and looking like not only having probably the number one offense, but having a top five defense. I'll go as far as to say that they're top five. I was trying to rank them last night, and I'd say that they are solidly five in the NFL, which is such a deadly combo. When you have a quarterback that can do what Josh Allen can do, an offense that works so well around him, and then a defense where I think that the thing that they really needed that I thought that ultimately they would be losing games on this season was the fact that they don't have a strong edge presence. But Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epineza, their two edge rushers, are really stepping up to the challenge, which is allowing guys like Ed Oliver, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, Teron Johnson, and both of their safeties just to expand their game so much because when the quarterback is facing so much pressure like they have been against the Bills, like Mahomes was, things like that, it becomes so, so hard for the quarterback to be able to dink and dunk and to dot up defenses, especially when you have the talent in the secondary like that. It's looking like they are that team to beat and the Buffalo Bills, I am buying every share that I can have. I think that as of right now, they're the AFC Super Bowl favorites and yeah, uh, a team that I'm starting to sell, like I just said, it's time for the rebuild, New York Giants. Hopefully lose out. I just want you to get a good high pick, and I'd personally say you should spend it on a quarterback just because I think that waiting on Daniel Jones and whatever he's able to do is not really going to end well for you guys, but who knows? It really, that's still up in the air. A random new hot take. Uh, both Dalton Schultz and Dots Dawson Knox, two guys that right now, their breakout season, it is not fake whatsoever. They are looking like elite guys. At the end of the season, they both finish as top six tight ends in the entire NFL and are considered to be this year's Logan Thomas and Robert Tanyan. I said it earlier in the year that when you're looking for a tight end that could blow up, you look for the teams that have high volume passing offenses with great receivers that will take the corner and the entire defense's focus away from the tight end. And two spectacular examples of this are the Bills and the Cowboys, two teams with spectacular wide receivers, an amazing quarterback to throw to the tight end. And when they're guarding guys like Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, or CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper in the end zone trying to guard that, and not to mention the run game, I think Zach Moss and Zeke are both very viable red zone targets as a running back, or not targets, but red zone threats as a running back. That's when you open up a pass to a guy like Dawson Knox or a guy like Dalton Schultz that it's just going to expand their role so much and let them have such a productive year and really break out. They're both so young, too. So I really think that th those are going to be good guys, not only now, but for years to come. Now I'm going to do, instead of five storylines, three because I have a pretty long spiel later. The three are one, the Chiefs, I think, are no longer at this point no longer a top five team in the NFL. I know that that's so crazy to say. I know that I'm the biggest Mahomes fan. I know that I think that he's so good, but they're on a losing record. I can't not exp I can't not show that. I can't not show that they have a top five worst defense in the NFL as, as of right now. And I can't not say that even that the Chiefs really need to drive down and score every single drive, which they're not doing. As soon as they drove up and they scored three and then the the Bills proceeded to go down and score seven, I was like, this game's already over. It's going to be the Bills' time to shine. It's going to be where Josh Allen has the exact same capability to just drive down drive after drive and just continue putting points on the board. 
the Chiefs just can't keep up with that. It was enough that it was a three-score loss, and the Chiefs, as of right now, the teams that are definitively better than them, I'd say, are the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bills, and then you could probably throw in either the Browns, the Chargers, the Cowboys. I think those are three teams that you can make a very, very solid argument are better than the Chiefs right now. I still do think that when it comes playoff time, Patrick Mahomes will kick into high gear and be even better than he's been throughout the regular season, which is still spectacular, obviously. But as of right now, if he wants to make a good statement in the NFL with good seeding, he needs to really turn it around. And the entire Chiefs organization, especially the defense, really needs to turn turn it around right now. Uh, Number two, I've got Jamar Chase, in my opinion, is this year's Justin Jefferson. His connection with Joe Burrow, as Burrow continues to improve, as he continues to improve, looks to be immense. I think that he is Justin Jefferson and still has the possibility to be better. They still have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins that are looking like very, very, very viable two and threes, which is only going to make corners not know who to guard as the one, whatever, which is just going to open up the offense for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and just look so so good they've already been looking so good even though they did somehow fall to the Packers with that many missed kicks that game was hilarious but Jamar Chase I think is the real deal and that storyline before the season of he doesn't know how to catch is just comedy he was dropping on everybody's fantasy draft boards and he is here to claim that he is the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL and then number three is the Raiders are frauds and their fall starts now Based on what I've seen the last two weeks, those first three weeks were just luck. I think that they still have, they're still definitely going to be better than how I predicted. I thought they were going to be top three worst team in the NFL, but I think that they definitely do not make the playoffs. They definitely still go into next season thinking that they need a rebuild and they'll get these weird wins. I think that they could still get one like off the Chiefs. They could get one off of really random whatever wins, but if they're not winning stuff like games against the Bears or they're losing by two touchdowns against the Chargers, in their own division I'm like the the fall is starting now they're clearly not making the playoffs they are not a team that is quote-unquote like hot or a team to beat now for my next week predictions a player to start next week is Joe Burrow versus the Lions I think that he works off his good performance that he's had so far in the season the Lions will continue to be defeated go 0-6 and lose handedly against Joe Burrow and the Bengals their passing game will be elite against a secondary group that is not good whatsoever and Joe Burrow will continue to cook a player to sit this week is Derek Carr versus the Broncos like I said just now the Raiders are going to continue to be on this skid and they're only going to look worse as they continue to go, especially going up against a top three secondary in the NFL. That's going to be so hard for him to pass against. Darren Waller, not that he'll get clamped because I don't think that the coverage linebackers on the Broncos are their strongest point, but their receivers will not get any time, any light of day with Patrick Sertan, even though Kyle Fuller really did not look that good whatsoever last game, and they kind of got cooked by a bad quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, I still think that they come back with vengeance this week and make Derek Carr look silly. A group that will disappoint. I think the Cardinals' run defense will disappoint against the Browns. They just showed how elite they were last week. I really do think that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both top seven, I'd say top eight running back talents in the NFL. They're both so talented. The Kevin Stefanski scheme, the play action that works off of it, all that is just going to continue to shine. And I think that the Cardinals really will put in the ringer against the Browns this week, really putting them to the test on whether they are a true undefeated team or not. And I think that this could honestly... 
not predicting this is not any of my locks of the week, but I think that the Browns will give them a good game. And if there's a game that the Cardinals are going to lose, it definitely could be this one. And then a group that'll shine is I think the Buccaneers passing game, similar to every week, but this week they're going up against the Eagles. Even though Darius Slay looked good, the uh, Tom Brady just still looks like he's 25, looks so, so, so great. And I'm excited to keep seeing what he does. He's just so amazing. All three of the receivers. Uh, I don't. I think Gronk is still out for this game, but I'm not sure. Either way, they still know how to use Cameron Braid, OJ Howard, their running backs, all that. Looks so great. And now for my locks of the week, I usually have three, but this week I have four just because one of my locks last week I didn't realize was the Monday night game that's happening later tonight, and that is the Ravens over the Colts. Uh, I went one and one, sadly. One of my locks, the Panthers, somehow fell apart, and Sam Darnold did not look like he has been for the rest of the season, so I got that one wrong. But the other one that I got right was the Patriots beating the Texans, which also should have been a lot more handed than it ended up being. They gave them a game, which it really shouldn't have been. But this week, because of that, I'm going to give you four locks, and those locks are Buccaneers beating the Eagles 40-24, to the Rams beating the Giants 30-14, to the Bengals beating the Lions 33-27, to and the Bills beating the Titans 30-20. to Those are all games that I'm very confident in, and I'm excited to see me go 4-0 and next week. So now I'm going to give you the part of the podcast that I've been working the hardest on for sure, and that is the great quarterback swap of 2022. That is my prediction that there will be a ginormous swap of quarterbacks going on throughout the NFL next offseason, headlined by three big guys that are going to make big moves that are going to really shake up the entire landscape of the league and make it look so different. So the biggest reason why this is going to happen is the disparity currently between the quote-unquote young quarterbacks and the quote-unquote old quarterbacks is far too big, especially with the young ones moving as quickly as they are. Usually in NFL's past, when it's been a more run-centric game, we've seen quarterbacks you take three, four, five years to develop, you keep working, the team usually just gives you a contract, and you just keep going through that until really something goes horribly wrong. If you continue to stay mediocre, you just keep getting your contract, you just keep staying, whatever. But as these young guys who are all younger than 26, I'm going to get into that. That's like a whole tier of their own. The guys under 26 that look so elite are just taking over so quick and it's going to be too fast for other ones. The older ones, especially now during the player and power era, they realize this and they need to act so quickly before their time is up and they are wasting their careers with teams that aren't going to get them to that next step. They need to work on it right now. So the guy that really knocked this first domino down was Tom Brady, and he really created a new divide in the NFL, both within the way that teams view quarterbacks and the way that quarterbacks view teams. So the way that it changed the approach for the teams is that he's 45. He is currently playing like he is 25. This is making teams realize, hey, this is not just a 10, 15-year rental. This could be a 20, 25-year rental where, not rental, but guy that you have tenured on your roster that can continue to play for your same team for years and years and years to come. I mean, obviously, they're already starting to realize that with Patrick Mahomes' contract, getting 10 full years, even though he's only showed 
three or four to for his name so far in the NFL. So that's the way that it changed for the teams. And then for the players, the way that it changed is that they watched a guy who in his older age took himself out of the equation of a team that looked like they definitely had some holes. Clearly the Patriots had holes on defense and holes on offense. They really did their big restructuring of their roster this past offseason when they got guys like Matt Judon, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, yada yada. They did that all this offseason, but when he left, they were in a bad spot and he took the initiative in the player empowerment era to leave that situation and go to one that looks so much better. And other players are seeing that, especially ones that have been tenured on one roster for so long and are really put at a standstill where they're like, we don't know. I think that there have been Saints teams in the past that if Drew that if Tom Brady had done this, Drew Brees would have left. I think that there have been Aaron Rodgers teams back in like 2017, 2018. Obviously, I'm going to get more into Rodgers later. That's a big part of this whole episode is Aaron Rodgers. But if Brady had done this earlier, I think there's a chance that Rodgers could have left the Packers even earlier. There's a chance that Russell Wilson could have left earlier. There's a chance that so many of these guys that have been tenured on one team for so long, if the Tom Brady thing had happened and shown so much success before this had happened, then they would have all done the same. So I think that now that the Tom Brady thing is happening, everybody's looking at it and going, wow, we could really just scrap our current situation, go somewhere else. I'm the leader of this team. I'm the leader of the organization. I'm the one that's getting us the wins. So let me go to a place that has the stability around it that I could just pull up and we just start winning like crazy. So I think that that's how Tom Brady affected both sides. So with that, I think that currently all quarterbacks in the whole league can be grouped into one of three groups. There's either the one, there's the young on the rise guys. That is Everyone who, when they come in the league, enters that tier. That is probably the best tier to be in. It means that you have potential. It means that you have the potential to be even better than whatever you're doing right now, and you look very promising. Then there's the elite veteran who is on a contract that probably takes up a good percentage of the team's money, but they are happy to do so, and they're going to give it to them with open arms and say, you are going to be the guy that's really leading us into the Super Bowl. I think that the first tier leads them to the playoffs, and the second tier leads them to the Super Bowl. Those are the guys that you really want on your roster year in, year out to continue to make those insane runs. And then the third group is a place filler. You can easily go from young and on the rise. After two years, you're in the place filler group. If you're an elite veteran and you just start to wash out a little bit, you go right in the place filler group. If you're in group three, the team is almost definitely looking to move into one or two. That is either by improving you and improving the things around it so that you become from place filler to elite veteran or They scrap you and they get somebody else. We can look through history and definitely see examples of times that a team with a tier three or a place filler type quarterback has gone on to win. But especially now as the NFL has become so pass heavy and how confident, aggressive and fast all of these new young quarterbacks are. It's going to be so hard to compete with them with a middling quarterback. Even if you have an amazing surrounding talent on offense and you have an elite defense, what it really comes down to is the shootouts, especially in the playoffs. I'm just going to give you an example. A perfect example right now is the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill has played incredibly well over the last two years. You could either attribute it to him leaving Adam Gase, or you could attribute it to Derrick Henry and how much other defenses stack the box. You could attribute it to Arthur Smith. You could attribute it to A.J. Brown, Julio, Corey Davis, and Jonu Smith, and all the amazing talent that he's had around him. 
Either way, he has been very, very good. Regardless of this newfound success, he's almost consensusly right at this point with the emergence of these younger guys, not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Even if they quote-unquote like him and they think that he's a very good player and he's played up to expectations, if not far beyond expectations for what they had when they brought him in, what's going to happen is they're going to go up against these big powerhouse teams that have these young guys that are only progressing more and getting better. And they're going to feel like in a shootout, they're just not going to be able to pound the ball to Derrick Henry 30, 35 times a game, and it's not going to be able to. Guys in their uh, conference alone, not even to win the Super Bowl, but just in their conference, as Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow continue to get better, they should have another five years before they even reach their prime of their career, which is so unreal to say, because they're all probably in the MVP-type conversation now or next year. But they're just going to continue to get better. They're only on the up. Ryan Tannehill, because of his age and because of what we're seeing currently this year, is on the down. And when it comes down to it, he's going to have to win three out of three shootouts in a row for them to actually be a Super Bowl favorite or to even have the possibility to go to the Super Bowl. And I think that though, obviously, teams want stability, teams want to just consistently be good, I think that everybody is looking to have a Super Bowl roster and to have a roster good enough to keep going. So even though it might be hard and emotionally you're attached to Ryan Tannehill because you've seen him grow on the Tennessee Titans, you know that you're going to probably lose in a shootout one of those three times against one of those four quarterbacks who are all continuing to get better. So you would probably need to make the change of the quarterback position. I'm now going to talk about this on young and on-the-rise tier that I've just been talking about. Really, right now, I think more than I've ever seen as an NFL fan, these the influx of how talented these guys under the age of 26 are, which is so insane to me because I'm turning 20 very soon, and I'm just so close in age to these guys that are doing so well against some of the best athletes in the entire world. They're just looking like already they are the game breakers in the NFL, and what we've seen in the past is that quarterbacks usually hit their stride around 29, 30, 31, and that's when they're really in the peak of their career. And these guys are all three, four, five, six years out of that, leaving them with so much room to not only improve their game, but just to become more efficient, to add new parts of it, to become mobile if they're not, to be better in the pocket if they're mobile, different things like that. They really have so much room to grow. So I've really tiered all those guys that are under 26 on their possibility of what they're going to be. So the first tier is obviously the proven star tier. These are five guys that I think right now are already talked about as the upper echelon of quarterbacks that it is undoubtedly they are the guy to beat right now in the NFL that are under 26. Obviously, all these guys are under 26. And those five guys are Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals, and Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson isn't playing this season, but the rest of them have shown this season and throughout their career, they are that guy. They're so lethal. They offer so much versatility in the offensive end that they are already looking like game breakers. And like I just keep reiterating, they still have so much room to grow, which is so exciting and just shows that the NFL really has some amazing company for years to come. Then there's the probable star tier, which is guys that are already on the trajectory to be 
certified franchise guys in the next few years. The first two, I think, will assert themselves into the top six quarterback conversation next year or the year after, undoubtedly. I think the first guy is already starting to do it right now and already making a really, really solid MVP case, like I said earlier, and that is Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. With the things that are going on around him, with how good it looks like the coach-to-quarterback connection is, I really see all four of those guys skyrocketing for the next couple of years, continuing to get better. Like I kept saying, they have the weapons that they can sustain really, really solid success. They have a amazing offensive line. Uh, some of them have amazing, some of them have good, but really none of them are broken or depleted, which is really what's causing them to not show themselves as elite guys. But those four guys, I'd say, are just as good as anybody else in the league and will continue to show themselves for years to come. I just hope that all of them get that contract that they really deserve. Then I have the possible star tier, which literally consists of all five of the rookie quarterbacks from this year. They're showing signs and glimpses of being good. They obviously all... Five of them have had many inconsistencies and have had many games where they look like they really could become that guy. So I think they all have the possibility. Obviously, those guys are Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. All five of them really do have the possibility and the skill set to launch out and define themselves as one of those guys that is in the proven or the probable star tier. But it is definitely possible that all those guys break out and become good. Then I have the jury is still out here. These are guys that are still young and still do have room to grow, but because of their inconsistencies through their first three to two, three years, do, are not locked into their job, are not really considered quote-unquote franchise guys just yet, but still have the possibility after this season or after next season to assert themselves as that. And that is Daniel Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Hurts. Three guys, Jalen Hurts especially, has really been showing himself. Daniel Jones, in the games that he's looking great, he's looking great. But in the games that he's looking bad, he's looking like horseshit. So I can't definitively say that. And then Tua really looks like not he's struggling. He obviously has those games where he looks really good. But I think that the Dolphins really wanted more, especially when looking at Justin Herbert, who was picked one pick after, who they were really considering at that pick. It was uh, Tua and it's the jury's still out on him we really don't know and then lastly is the still a shot tier guys that look like they are just not poised to do so but they still have 100 capability of becoming a franchise guy who is also under 26 these are guys that are a lot younger and really haven't gotten a proper chance yet but they still could if they're either on another team or they finally get their start on the team that they're currently on and that is drew Locke, davis mills jordan love kellen mond kyle trask and jacob eason all guys that i'm pretty confident that at least will be in this league for a long time whether it's as a starter whether it's as a franchise guy or as a very solid formidable backup or something like that so now that we have all of the background information of what it means to be a young star, why there is such a disparity, all that different things, this is my predictions for what is going to happen this offseason. The three players who are going to lead this movement of quarterback switching teams to really go to a powerhouse to solidify themselves back into the Super Bowl bubble will be Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks will force his way out via trade, Aaron Rodgers, who is at the end of his contract after restructuring and having all the craziness of the Packers offseason this past season and then Deshaun Watson 
all of his craziness over the offseason with sexual misconduct, things like that. Once he does get reinstated, if that does happen, he will also go to a new team, making those three guys, all three, definitive top six quarterbacks, changing teams, and really restructuring the entire landscape of the NFL. I also think that while all these guys' moves, all three hold a very, very good amount of possibility where they want to go based on player empowerment, based on their situations. I think that number one is Aaron Rodgers, 100%, because he's a free agent. I think that he is tired of the Packers organization, really their front office, and the big wigs behind it, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, the owner, things like that. It is That is the main reason why he's leaving, and I think that he will have 100% say in where he wants to go because he's a free agent. Russell Wilson, if he does force a trade because of his long-standing career with the Seattle Seahawks, I think that if he offers a team that he really wants to go to and feels like would be a good fit for him, they will comply and they will do that offer as long as it is enough of what they want to get in return. And then with Deshaun Watson, it would probably be the least just because they're organization doesn't have so much of a tie to Watson because while he has been good for them so far it's been still a pretty short career compared to the other guys that I spoke of and they're probably just going to look for the best trade available yet I think that if it's a team that's rebuilding that wouldn't be a good situation for him they wouldn't be going for a guy who had sexual misconduct in the offseason or something the teams that will be in the running for Deshaun Watson in a trade will be teams that are like we are one quarterback away we really need this we're willing to roll the dice and see if Deshaun Watson is the same Deshaun Watson that we saw two seasons ago or last I mean like I'd say last season because he put up unreal stats yet the team really did not finish well so I think that if they're going to find the Deshaun Watson from two years ago that is only going to be the only teams that are going to gamble like that are the teams that are really one quarterback away I think that after those three happen that'll cause more dominoes to fall the next guys who I think will be on the move this offseason coming off of those big three are Kirk Cousins and I know that that one might sound blasphemy to you guys, but I think that the, the Vikings are proving right now that they have holes. They have holes on defense. They have holes on their offensive line, their secondary, their linebackers, their D-line. So many things like that, they really need some help. And I think that when they look at how much money Kirk Cousins is being paid and what he is doing compared to other guys... At his age, like I said, it's the middle quarterback tier. He's a place filler. He's not an elite veteran. They are clearly not getting resounding wins. And when you have guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, or Irv Smith coming back from his injury next year, I think that you add a young guy in there, you get so much more money for you to go in free agency and to retool and then have that group grow. Justin Jefferson and a young guy, something like that. I think that that means that Kirk Cousins ultimately will be on the move, whether it's a trade, whether it's bought out and enters for agency, something like that. I really assume that they won't buy him out if they're getting nothing in return. It'll probably be some amount of picks or something like that. But I think Kirk Cousins will be on the move. I think Jameis Winston very well might be. I In my predictions later, I actually have him staying, but I think that the Saints quarterback position is wide open, and if they can swing and hit on one of those top three guys, then Jameis Winston will be out the door. Another guy, Carson Wentz, who the, who the Colts just got this offseason, already is not looking like the guy. And when they have the youth in the O-line and on the defense that they have, they're looking to maximize that right now. I think that if they can get another receiver and then have their receiving core be 
Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, and another good guy with Jonathan Taylor, uh, an elite offensive line, and an elite defense, they're going to be looking to get that new quarterback now rather than wasting their time with Carson Wentz, who will be middle tier, who will be just serviceable enough to get them a good amount of wins, but not enough to make the playoffs, and they continue to rattle off in the middle. I think that he is gone. And then lastly is Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that is a free agent at the end of this year. And the Broncos are going to be looking for somebody new that can lead that amazing defense and that amazing trio of wide receivers and tight ends into next season and really make a push for the Super Bowl, I'd say. Then from there, I also say that there's three guys that I think could definitely retire. If they don't retire, I think that these are guys that want to be the starter, that want to be the big kahuna, big man on campus. And because of their age and because of their production in the last one, two years, they're just not going to be able to and they're going to be forced to just leave the league and retire. The only one that I could see maybe not is Matt Ryan, but the three guys are Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is a shoe-in for retiring. Matt Ryan, I still think that there's a chance that he stays. Going into last year, I actually really liked Matt Ryan and the football team, and I still do kind of like that, but still, I think that football team has better options, has bigger ideas. Uh, so I think Matt Ryan could be out the door and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, after being on so many teams, will finally hang up the cleats and be gone as well. Then these are the hot seat guys who I think that are likely to stay. And that is Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold. Goff is definitely the worst on this list, but it's really because of his contract situation. I think they're just going to want to keep him and maybe even he's the backup mentor for a rookie guy. Maybe he'll start next year and a rookie will start to develop behind him, something like that. But I think that those guys will stay put on their teams luckily. And then I think the players who will get drafted this offseason, who will start games immediately, are Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, and then maybe, maybe if they continue to look good through college, Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett have a chance to assert themselves into the first round of they could be playing already in the like starting quarterback spot next year in the NFL. But those four guys are going to be guys that are added to the mix. Strong, Corral, Willis, Howell, then all the guys that I said, all the movement. So now from there, I want to talk about the teams that I think are locked into their quarterbacks and are not going to be making any moves. These are the guys that are either in that, that their team really sees their quarterback as being in tier one or two, which is either young and on the rise and they want to see how they develop, or they are an elite talent, elite veteran talent that they're fine with being on the roster. That is Jets with Zach Wilson, Patriots with Mac Jones, Bills with Josh Allen, Ravens with Lamar Jackson, Browns with Baker, Bengals with Burrow, Titans with Ryan Tannehill, Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, Chargers with Herbert, Chiefs with Mahomes, Raiders with Carr, Cowboys with Dak, Bears with Fields, Buccaneers with Brady, Panthers with Darnold, Niners with Trey Lance, Rams with Stafford, and Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Now, those are the teams that are already locked into their quarterback and are pretty down pat on who they're going to go into next year with. They're feeling very confident about that. Then these are the teams that I think are not confident in their quarterback, and this is just currently who they have on the roster. That is the Dolphins with Tua, Steelers with Dwayne Haskins, Texans with Davis Mills, Colts with Carson Wentz, Broncos with Drew Locke, Eagles with Jalen Hurts, Giants with Daniel Jones, football team with Heineke, Lions with Goff, Packers with Jordan Love, Vikings with Kirk Cousins, Saints with Jameis, Falcons with Matt Ryan, and Seahawks with Russell Wilson. Those are currently who they have under contract for next year, who they're going to be going into next year. So I tiered those teams 
on their probability to get one of those big guys that I said will probably be making the moves. So there's the lowest tier, which is the has no one and needs to go young tier, and that is the Lions and the Texans. They really need reinforcements both on the offense and on the defense. They need some serious help. So I think that rather than going all in for a veteran quarterback and trying to make a run now, they just don't have the weapons and the capability to do so. They also don't have the established winning mentality yet. So I think that quarterbacks like that will not want to go to those teams. They still have a lot of room to grow. Next is the should go young because of other needs tier, but still might be in the conversation for one of those big guys just because they're losing out on somebody, and that's the Seahawks, Falcons, Colts, and Vikings. We've seen guys in their positions do solid, but I think that the reason why they're switching up their quarterback is so that they can fill other positions of need right now. Seahawks, obviously, on defense. Falcons on their offensive line and on defense. Colts all around. I mean, I don't think that Carson Wentz is the singular problem, but clearly in the wide receiver room, they need some help. Clearly, I think on the edge rushing front, they need some help. And the Vikings, like I've been saying, have a lot of holes, both on their offense, offensive line and defense. And I think that they need to go young because of their other needs. Then there's the can stick with their guy or go all in tier. These are the teams that will definitely be in the running for those top three guys, but I think we'll just miss out on it because they do have some other positions of need and have a guy on their roster right now that they can at least count on for the time being. And that is the Eagles, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Saints. Eagles with Hurts, Giants with uh, Daniel Jones, Dolphins with Tua, and Saints with Jameis Winston. I think that they're all at least comfortable with going into the next year with those guys just because they're youth, because they've, they're homegrown, not Jameis Winston, but I think that Jameis has honestly been growing on the Saints and learning the Sean Payton system really well, so I think that he could definitely stay there. But those four teams will be in the running, and I just think don't have what it takes to put it all together around them. And then lastly is the a star quarterback puts them in the Super Bowl bubble tier, and that is the Steelers, the Broncos, the football team, and the Packers. Obviously, the Packers is a weird situation, but it would really be they're getting rid of Rodgers because he's upset with the organization. They bring in another guy like that, and they still have the Devontae Adams, amazing offensive line, really solid defense, and things like that that they can continue to go to the NFC Championship. But then the other three, I think, are go- are the teams that you add an elite quarterback, and they are right now in your Super Bowl bubble as we speak. And now I'm going to get into my predictions of what happens in the offseason. And this is... Where I think that they're going, as of right now, as of week five, going into week six of the NFL season, based on how I've seen their uncomfortableness in their organization, based on what type of players they want, based on the roster around them, this is where I think all those quarterbacks are going to move to. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers go out and trade for Deshaun Watson. I know that's crazy. I know that the Steelers usually do not trade their first round picks, but when they have such a hole at quarterback and they have skill positions at running back with Najee Harris, their receivers with, I mean, now Juju's actually out for the year and on his last year of his contract, so he's probably gone, but Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, their ferocious pass rush, their really solid secondary, adding Deshaun Watson into that mix is going to shoot them up into the top echelon. Mike Tomlin is such a great coach and has been coaching for so many years, so he would be a really good fit there. For the Broncos, I had originally had them getting Aaron Rodgers, but instead I switched it to Russell Wilson just because they have so many guys that they still need to give official contracts to. I, I think I'm going to make that a whole separate video when you really break down how many guys the Broncos really need to re-sign, and that as of right now they have an elite roster, but as of right as of next year, if they don't re-sign the guys that they need to re-sign, 
just off the top of my head, uh, Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Teddy Bridgewater, Vaughn Miller, Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller. Those are just some, AJ Johnson, those are just some of the guys that they need to put under contract next year. So I think that entering a sweepstakes for a big guy like Aaron Rodgers in free agency, they just won't win it over another team. So I have the Broncos instead getting Russell Wilson via trade. That is, they would probably give three, four firsts, maybe Drew Locke, maybe another young guy, and really go all in and try to have the connection of Sutton, Judy, Fant with Russell Wilson, with that insane defense. I think that shoots them right up into the Super Bowl bubble and makes them a contender against the Chiefs and the Chargers for years to come, for five, six, seven, eight years, for sure. I think that the football team goes out and wins the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, giving him an unreal array of talent. I could honestly even argue, not that the star players are better because I think Devontae Adams is better than anybody on the football team, but the consistency all around with Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel, obviously Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, a really solid offensive line with Brandon Scherf and company and guys like that. I think Rodgers stays in the NFC and signs with the football team, making those three teams that are one quarterback away reshaping the entire landscape of the NFL and causing them to go from three teams that are in the running, maybe can make the playoffs this year, probably won't, are probably just out just out of the picture into, whoa, they are coming out swinging next year. So that is really going to change everything. The next domino that's going to fall from those first three teams going to other teams is going to be the Miami Dolphins, who for some reason really seem set on switching up their quarterback, regardless of Tua's age, because of the inconsistencies with Jacoby with I mean, this year, Jacoby Brissett, last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it really just seems like they're always in the market. They were the front runners for Deshaun Watson as soon as that came out. They just keep feeling, I keep having this feeling, like they're going to spend an excessive amount of their cap space on an upgrade at the quarterback position. And they really feel like with the additions that they had this offseason with Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, that they need a, a guy at that position that's really going to lead them into even higher heights. And I think that that guy is going to be Kirk Cousins. So you've got Kirk Cousins signing to the Miami Dolphins either in the offseason or getting traded, either maybe a first and a third, maybe a first straight up. I'm, I'm trying to think of the different situations. It really depends on how Kirk continues to play this year and whether he's willing to restructure his contract or not and how much of money maybe the Vikings are willing to put onto the Kirk Cousins deal or not. But yeah, so I would have the Dolphins getting Kirk Cousins. Then the next would be two other signings that would just happen because they're now they now have a quarterback vacancy. Yet while they have the quarterback vacancy, they also have very talented receivers that need a quarterback that is already at least somewhat very solid, at least has experience in the NFL to get it done, to get the ball to their receivers. Those two teams would be the Atlanta Falcons with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, or the Seattle Seahawks with Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. So the Falcons, I have them going out and getting Carson Wentz, who would now be off of the Colts just because they would need a go in and get somebody else new in the building because they really don't feel comfortable in Carson Wentz and the Seahawks getting Teddy Bridgewater because now Bridgewater obviously wouldn't have to be re-signed because now the Broncos would have Russell Wilson. So it would continue on like that. Then coming off of that, 
the Indianapolis Colts would have their vacancy still glaring and with the Dolphins being so sure and going in and getting Kirk Cousins in free agency that would leave Tua as the backup Jacoby Brissett as the third and I think that they are already fine with paying Jacoby Brissett and playing him like a backup quarterback leaving Tua with a question mark to his name so Tua would then be traded to the Indianapolis Colts which is the entire youth movement of the Colts Jonathan Taylor Naheem Hines that backfield moving up with Tua as he continues to progress that offensive line Darius Leonard DeForest Buckner guys like that and I think that the Colts doing a youth movement but not completely in drafting one getting a veteran young guy I think seems very Colts and after the past two years going Carson Wentz and then getting a guy who just came off of his worst season ever I think they completely try to revamp and go with a young guy that they can really build up so I'd have Tua going to the Colts Then I would have the NFL draft coming around. Three guys that I think will be going pretty high in the draft are Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell. So respectively, I have the Texans with the earliest pick getting Matt Corral, the Lions next getting Malik Willis, and the Giants getting Sam Howell at some certain point. All three going new youth movement. Daniel Jones, obviously, with the injury and his inconsistencies in his first three seasons would lead them to just restart the market rather than having to give Daniel Jones a contract that they'll end up regretting. The Lions, I would assume that Malik Willis would sit behind Jared Goff for the time being, and and eventually, similar to like Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, something like that, he'd come in. And then with the Texans, it would be Matt Corral and Davis Mills, probably the backup. Matt Corral looks to be going earliest. I know that a lot of people are saying that this quarterback class isn't so incredible and that they won't be going so high. But I think that as the college season progresses and as the idea of having this incredible new quarterback keeps developing in the team's minds, they'll either trade down and try to get one later, these three teams especially, they'll either trade down and try to get one later, or they'll just stick at their position and draft him at one, two, three, something like that. Even if Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Derek Stingley, like people like that might be more talented altogether. I think that the idea of having an elite quarterback will be a enough that it'll get people to draft them a little bit higher. And then the last four teams that I have actually sticking with their guy right now, two guys that are currently the starter, the Saints and Eagles would be sticking with Jameis Winston and Jalen Hurts. And then the Packers and Vikings would stick with the guys that they drafted last year in Jordan Love and Kellen Mond. So that's how I basically have it all planning out. Just to reiterate that, Steelers get Deshaun Watson, Broncos get Russell Wilson, football team gets Aaron Rodgers, Dolphins get Kirk Cousins, Falcons get Carson Wentz, Seahawks get Teddy Bridgewater, Colts get Tua, Texans Matt Corral, Giants Sam Howell, Lions Malik Willis, Saints Jameis Winston, Eagles Jalen Hurts, Packers Jordan Love, and Vikings Kellen Mond. That is basically how I see it shaping up. That is the only way that I would assume, my, my original blurb from before, how that type of disparity and how the older players can maximize the rest of their years left and actually get the most rings and the most wins and the highest pedigree that they can get to within their short career that they have left. I mean, Deshaun Watson a lot longer, but still, I would assume that Deshaun Watson, now that he has the ability to go somewhere else and not just get drafted to the Texans and and a pretty shitty organization in general. I mean, I'm trying to think when he was drafted, it was pretty solid with the amazing defense, but now it's horrific. So He can get out of there as soon as he can. And ultimately, if these picks go to fruition, then I think that we could be looking at a whole new NFL next year, a much stronger quarterback competition where the actual best ones are the ones who are competing for the Super Bowls and not just looking for a roster that can maybe do so. 
So yeah, that's basically how I feel. Thank you guys so much for listening. I put a lot of time and effort into this episode, so please do not forget to like, to share. Just continue listening. I am so busy, but I'm really trying to put out as much different content as I can. The NBA season's still right around the corner, so I think that the next episode might be NBA-focused. I'm not sure. I'm still planning it out, but that's all for now. Uh, Tonight we got Ravens-Colts, a very good game. Excited to watch. Uh, See you guys next week. Have a great one. Peace out.